Hey folks, welcome back to the Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host as always, Chris Whitaker, and this is episode number 33 of the Iron Dread Podcast. This week we have coach and teacher Mr. Rob Dubay coming in. Rob teaches out of Dexter High School uh, and coaches out of Dexter High School along with yours truly. And we're talking about the 90s. Uh, Rob stopped in and we talked about our top 10 films of the 90s. And he gave his top 10, I give my top 10, and we have some good discussion back and forth about the greatness of cinema from the 1990s decade. If you are a child of that era, this will probably bring back a lot of memories. You may or may not agree with our top 10 lists, because even after the fact, there was some movies that I inadvertently left out on my list, I know, and Coach Dubay felt the same. We'll share those later in the show on an honorable mentions list. But this was just fun to do. Um, If you are a child born after the 90s and did not get to experience this great decade, well, hopefully this this podcast gives you some good ideas of some quality films to check out uh, that were from made in one of the greatest decades, uh, in my opinion. Uh, before we get to Coach Dubay, some uh, housekeeping things here. The hashtag Mr. Good Time Challenge still going on. Mr. Good Time Challenge from episode number 31 with Double D Duke, Frank Alexander. So go ahead and check out that episode for more information on the Mr. Good Times Challenge. Um, and if you are currently not following the show, please follow us. If you're an Apple user, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps boost our audience, helps bring more people to the show. And uh, if this show brings you enjoyment, please do that. Please share it with your friends. The only way this show uh, gets pushed out there to new listeners is through you, the current listener, sharing with your friends. We'd appreciate that very much. Um, Getting the show out there across five countries now, which is really cool. The episodes are starting to build up here. And uh, really enjoying ourselves. So without too much more, folks, um, we are going to get to episode number 33, Mr. Rob Dubay and the top 10 movies of the 90s. Hit the intro music. Here we are, Iron Dread Podcast. I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, Mr. Rob Dubay, teacher at Dexter High School. Coach Dubay, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Coach Witt. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is my first time on the podcast. I, I teach uh, world history and economics and uh, also coach football with you. So I coach uh, freshman football team and the JV football team. And uh, yeah, I, you know, when we, we talked about this, uh, this, this topic, I was eager to get on and I, I wanted to, you know, share out my... I love for the 90s. <laughs> Coach Dubay is, 
he has a lot of knowledge about many, many different things. We can, and we probably will do many episodes and tapping into the different knowledge of the mind of Mr. Rob Dubay. I have not seen anyone yet stump him on a Super Bowl score no. teams. No, that's, that's something that goes back to the 90s too. I was about eight years old. Uh, I used to watch these old NFL films, VHS tapes, and I would study all the scores, all the teams. And uh, I actually auditioned for Sports Jeopardy about six years ago in Chicago. So that's that's my love right there. That's the the sports trivia is is definitely my uh, my mo. <clears throat> He's got all kinds of knowledge. And the one other thing about Coach Dubay is he likes to have fun. Yeah, and that's why he's here. Um, as he said, he's a teacher at, at Dexter High School, teaches economics and social studies um, at the high school, spent some time working as a building sub for a while, made a good uh, rapport with the students, and a position came open for him to become full-time, and uh, we're glad that we have him at our own Dexter High School. So what we're going to talk about today, and this is a tough one, this is a tough one, the top 10 movies of the 90s from 1990 to 1999 that is the the decade that we are going to discuss here today uh coach dubay has his top 10 list i have mine we're gonna flip flop back and forth and we might surprise each other with some of our picks and uh have some discussion so rob as a as our guest why don't you start with number 10 your number 10 pick okay yeah well so i mean we could do with the 90s you know you and i are both 90s kids and there's so many different genres you do comedy you do sci-fi action flicks there's so many things that that i thought about when i made this list but for me like i gotta put my top comedy in there right off the start it's not gonna be it's not an award-winning movie by any by any stretch of the imagination but uh my number 10 is, is dumb and dumber Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels, all right, just uh, a, a friendship and a bond uh, and a, a, a cross-country trek that uh, it spanned the generations, man. I, I tell you what, like, I, I still have students that will quote it or they'll bring up some, some things here and there, but those two, I can watch it. I can quote the whole thing. I can look at it and just I know exactly the scenes, and every time I see it, I, I'll crack up. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jim Carrey guy and I, I love Dumb and Dumber too. And you think about this, right? The the picture of Jeff Daniels, Michigan native Jeff Daniels, uh, Chelsea, Michigan. I know we're not supposed to say Chelsea on uh, the Iron Dread podcast, but we do. Uh, the picture of him on the toilet with those boots on and his legs out straight in front of him. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's toilet humor, but you watch it and it like, it never gets old. It's one of those things. That's, that's going to be a common theme with these movies from the nineties is that they hold up and you can still watch it. It's always on TV. Um, but man, dude, I, I, even my buddies and I like, we'll, we'll, you know, it'll be a random night and we'll still like, Hey, want to watch a movie? All right, let's go dumb and dumb or we'll watch it. So that's, that's my number 10. And, uh, I'm proud of, of, of that making my top 10. You can't, you can't be dumb and dumber, and you're right. It is on. I, I've seen it many, many times, and I'm, I'm not a huge – I'm not saying that's not one that I could quote verbatim, even though I love Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, but 
you're you're right. It does hold up. You can watch it. Kids today can laugh just as much as we did when we were younger. All right. So my number 10, I'm going sci-fi first. Sci-fi slash action. Okay. Will Smith and Men in Black. The original <laughs> Men in Black, M-I-B. I mean, oh, yeah. You got what? You got Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, right? Aliens fighting off aliens to save our planet in some secret society. I mean, I still mess with kids right now, and I'll hold my, hold up a, a pen or hold up my phone and make the flash go off and say I just erase their memory. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that one, that one, you know, you think about the mid to late 90s, Will Smith, prime time. You had Fresh Prince, you had Independence Day, Men in Black. And oh man, I, I that that film to me uh, is one of those. It, I think of it as sci-fi and a little bit of comedy too. So they they do they had a great chemistry. Now I will say that I'm not a big fan of the sequels, but the original sticks sticks and that's a, that's a good one to, to go with. The the original absolutely holds up. A lot of my picks are going to be comedy movies because those are the the movies I like the most. Comedy and and a little bit of action. Uh, but you think about Men in Black, like. How many people, and I'm sure you've done this, I know I have, you're wearing a suit, <laughs> you reach in your pocket, you pull out your shades to put them on, and say, I make this look good. <laughs> <laughs> even though you, you uh, might not even be wearing a black suit. And you think about the, the different you know, characters, uh, Tony Shalhoub was in that movie too, uh, playing Jeeves, the alien that could get his head shot off and it would grow back. Um, I forget who the the actor is slipping me who voiced the pug Frank. Like there was there oh, was yeah. a lot of good things. <laughs> a lot of good things with Men in Black. Uh, I like the I like the sequels as well, uh, but as you said, you know I think the original holds up the best. And one reason, too, why I picked Men in Black is, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Double D Duke Frank Alexander on, and we're still doing that Mr. Good Times Challenge, which I haven't gotten your submission yet, Coach Dubay, for the Mr. Good Times Dance Challenge. Uh, but there is a line dance that we would do to the Men in Black song, and that made it, uh, made it stick with me uh, even more. I will, I will have to submit my – my submission this this summer. I will provide it. I love to dance. My dance skills are not very good, but I will definitely provide a submission. <laughs> you got to listen to the episode, learn the steps, and use that hashtag, Mr. Good Time Challenge. Uh, I also think about this, and one more thing before we move on to your number nine pick. Will Smith is an actor. You brought up a bunch of the movies that he's in, but think about Will Smith. I, I think Will Smith is an extremely smart man in the entertainment world because every movie Will Smith did, he made a song on the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It would, it would be, they would coincide with one another. Like, you think about Wild Wild West, there was the song that went along with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, they were hand in hand. I think, I think he had a couple songs that went with the, uh, the Bad Boys soundtracks. They were, yeah, it was, it was, like that was his his thing, and it and it worked out really well. He's a genius, and one of my favorite actors, uh, Will Smith for sure. So enough on on Men in Black. Let's move to your number nine pick of the best movies of the nineties. All right, so this one, uh, 
not necessarily for the younger audiences by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I, it's got a lot of fanfare, a lot of people in it, a lot of expletives, but I really, I really like Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction with, with John Travolta. Uh, this movie really kind of springboards Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson has some of the classic lines, uh, lots of uh, lines that we can't talk about. But uh, that movie, it's, it's a weird, you know, random, you know, lives of different people in Los Angeles, all kind of interconnecting. It's Tarantino. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of dialogue. You got Uma Thurman and, and Travolta and their dance moves. Uh, and again, it's it's a it's a kind of a hodgepodge of things, but I I, I like it a lot. And I I know that you know a lot of the film school folks they really enjoy Pulp Fiction. So I'm going to go number nine, Pulp Fiction, uh, which came out in 1994. There's a lot of <laughs> A lot of movies on my list from 94, Dumb and Dumber 94, Pulp Fiction 94. You're going to see a couple more here in a little bit, but I'm going to go with, with Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, Coach Dubay's number nine pick. Now, sadly, I've never seen it. Oh. I've never okay. seen it, but I'm writing it down. Uh, I've been watching movies while I get my cardio in on the treadmill, um, and I'll, I'll add that to my list. I recently watched that Ready Player One movie, more recent movie. Yeah, it uh, wasn't bad. No, it wasn't I, bad. I, I didn't mind it. In that one, a lot of a lot of throwback to the '80s. Yeah, and a lot of th- that movie kind of creeped me out a little bit because it was a little too real. Like you could see that happening. Okay, so moving on, my number nine pick. We're going Disney here, Coach. Okay. We're going Disney on my number nine pick, and that is, of course, an epic tale of father and son, of teenage love, right? and of father and son growing together. You guessed it, the Goofy movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, that is actually, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. That's one of the first movies I saw in theaters. And the like the opening scene with Max uh, when he when he crashes the school assembly and the the, the song dude that like I, I, once that happened I got hooked into that movie man hey you got to stand out above the crowd even if I got to shout out loud we're all still waiting for Powerline to come out with his full album had right. two songs two songs from Powerline the the voice actor of Powerline is an R&B singer named Taven Smith. And I've listened to his other songs and they're nowhere near as good as the two Powerline songs. Uh, Stand Out and um, what is it? If we listen to each other's heart. I forget the name of it, but it was a damn good song and it was a great movie. You can't beat it. You think about it, right? Max is a little bit embarrassed by his dad. Right? Dad Goofy plays a, a father who thinks that his son is walking down the wrong paths in life. So what does Goofy choose to do? Take his son on a cross-country trip. Right? There is a, an encounter with Sasquatch, which you know is one of my things. Um, music, singing, dancing, and tell the audience about that pizza. That oh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, the pizza... Uh, I, the one scene with the dude, he says, the Leaning Tower of Cheese, and he's got the cheese, he's got the cheese whiz that he, he makes in his hand in the, in the school office. He eats it. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. 
Goofy movie, just uh, just an absolute classic. And if you've never seen Goofy movie out there in the listening audience, you need to check that one out as soon as you finish listening to this episode of the Iron Dread podcast. So now we're moving on to number eight here, Coach. Your number yeah. eight pick. Number eight. So uh, this one, my sister will get mad at me because this is her favorite movie of all time. Uh, but it's enjoyable. It, 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 you know, you can teach it in history class. Uh, some, some history people might not want it to be shown in history class, but it does a really good job expressing time uh, throughout the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is my, my number eight pick. And uh, again, once another movie you can quote, you know, you talk about Jen Nay, you talk about Bubba, you talk about all these, you know, Lieutenant Dan, you know, got, you got these people who are just integral components to the film. And, and you get answers. It's a very heartfelt story. Uh, you, you look at what, what, you know, Tom Hanks is able to do. He's able to win best actor for the film. And, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a great movie. It's uplifting. It has a lot of, you know, positive messages and it talks about a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, we're still talking about today. So Forrest Gump for me, I, I like it a lot. And again, that's, that's one that, uh, that will always stick around for me as well. Yeah, that's another one that's on TV quite often. And you could always, if I, if I see Forrest on there sitting on that bench, talking with that little old lady, you know, I, I stop and watch. Oh, you yeah. have to. <laughs> yep. It is uh it's quality film. So that's, that's my number eight, but, uh, my sister probably she'll be mad at me that I have it that that low on the list. They didn't put it up higher on the list. Yeah, we what's the line? Uh, we caught a whole mess of shrimp, <laughs> and we owned a shrimp and fleet. <laughs> or hey, I just kept running. Why did you keep running for us? I don't know. I just felt like running. <laughs> Another cross country film. He runs across the entire country. And back, doesn't he? he? Runs he runs all the way to the west coast and all the way to the east coast. Oh, you, you, Forrest Gump is a great film, and as you said, of a, a, a must see if someone hasn't seen it before. All right, so moving on, my number eight pick. This is this film has often been you know remade re-imaged uh there were some sequels that weren't as good to this one uh it is it composes the story of four brothers and these four brothers leonardo <laughs> donatello michelangelo and Raphael, and their master splinter the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live-action film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, without a doubt, I think we all grew up. It was either, for us, it was either Turtles or Power Rangers, and Ninja Turtles was kind of the OG, the first. Uh, I'll be honest, like, those, the, when I was a kid, like, uh, Shredder scared me, man. It was one of those things, like, you, you saw Shredder, it was like, oh, he knew, you know, he was down to business. It was, it was never a good thing. But, uh, you know, that movie was great. You have... Uh, you have April, the news reporter, and uh, and another, and another good soundtrack, right? Mm -hmm. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go. Vanilla Ice. So his, he only had two good songs, right? Ice, Ice Baby, and Go Ninja Go, the ninja rap. <laughs> <laughs> April O'Neil, I forget the name of the actress. I saw a thing from her. 
uh, the other day, she was having a virtual pizza party um, with all TMNT fans. And all these years later, she looks the same as she did in the movie. Uh, and all the turtles had a crush on April O'Neil. And Master Splinter. And the, the, the kid, there was a kid that was kind of walking down the wrong path, right? His name was Danny. And Danny was getting in with the evil foot clan, which was led, as, as you mentioned, by the Shredder. And I had a, a professor in college, and his name was Danny, too. And Splinter has a line in the movie that right? they've captured him. He's hanging on the fence. He says, do you have no one to go to, Danny? And I would say that about my professor all the time because his name was Danny, too. Um, what else? Oh, Shredder. All these people walking around wearing these COVID masks. <laughs> Whenever I put mine on, I put it on. I hold for a second. And I look around side to side and I go, turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's that's definitely kind of how I feel, too. <laughs> I feel like I'm a supervillain with my mask on. Either I feel like I'm Bane from Batman or I feel like Shredder from Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, so they've, they've remade it so many times, right? There's been so many different movies, so many different shows. But kids today, they you say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they think of the one that's currently on TV. Nowhere, nowhere near as good, in my opinion, as the original. What they were able to do, the other movies kind of got a little weird as it went on. Right? Once they started traveling through time in that third one. Right. Yeah, I, w- I was kind of done done on that one. But always loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, you brought up Power Rangers, and I actually don't have a Power Rangers movie on my list. I might need to make a quick adjustment here. <laughs> well, while you give us your number seven choice for top movies of the 90s. All right. So I'm, I'm going with a film that uh, is very under the radar, underrated, uh, but it's the well, prior to The Irishman, which just came out this past year, it was the only film where you had uh, Pacino and De Niro on, on screen at the same time. And that was a movie called Heat. So Heat was about all these different bank robbers. Uh, you've got Pacino, who is he's this detective. He's got a really, really rough home life. He's got a lot of things going on. And he is, he's, he's basically hunting down De Niro. And they have one of the most famous... Uh, lines of, of dialogue as they, they actually cross paths because it's a, it's a game of cat and mouse the whole time. Uh, Val Kilmer is in it and Val Kilmer is in actually the, the bank robbing scene, which is probably the most famous scene from that movie. They talk about the, the actuality of, of them performing a, a bank heist and what it would actually look like. So you watch that uh, De Niro Pacino heat uh, under the radar. If you've never heard of it, you know, I, I recommend it highly. It's a great film. Uh, a lot of a lot of faces that you would recognize in the movie, and uh, again, the scene with uh, De Niro and Pacino on screen at the same time is is the stuff of legends. So it's it's a really good one, uh, but again, not not one that everyone has seen. No, I mean I I have not seen that one. I've not heard I've not heard of that one. But I'll have to add that again, like with Pulp Fiction. I'll have to add that one to my list as well. I mean, you can't beat. Uh, those two leading actors, De Niro and Al Pacino. I mean, and I think Al Pacino, I think any given Sunday. <laughs> Life's just a game of inches. Oh, it's one of the best speeches of all time. 
either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. <laughs> yeah. Heat. Uh, Heat. Coach Dubay's number seven pick for the best movies of the 90s. Now, my number seven pick here. I almost I almost just took it off and put on Power Rangers Turbo. So honorable mention, Power Rangers Turbo. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, of course. But this one, I only picked it because it was such a cultural phenomenon that I remember when I was growing up. Everybody went and saw this movie in the theaters multiple times. When you bought the VHS, it was the movie was so long it, you had to, it came on two tapes, all right? And that movie is the tale of the sinking of the Titanic. I mean, yeah. Can you it, you talk about more of an emotional movie? No, and that's that's a movie. I think that that, that movie stayed in theaters for like a year and a half. It, it just, they kept playing it over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, I mean, that movie kind of set the standard in terms of being a blockbuster, being a film that, like you said, everybody who was anybody went and saw it. Uh, that one, we talked about Will Smith being springboarded, you know, becoming really popular. Leonardo DiCaprio, that was kind of his big breakthrough, right? Yeah, it took Leo to the sky. I mean, I remember there was all kinds of every 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 girl loved leo and they had pictures of him in their lockers and i actually just found out the other day that my fiance was a member of the leonardo dicaprio fan club back then that <laughs> <laughs> she was a fan of leo but it, you talk about just it was it was a, it made you feel that that emotion right you you knew how it was going to end cuz you know about the titanic sinking and whatnot but as you're going through and the suspense is, you know, is building, right? This love story between Rose and Jack. And obviously the Titanic sinks, as everybody knows. And, you know, damn, if Rose would have just moved over a little bit, there was room for Jack on that door. That's right. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ladies of that fan club that are still mad about how that movie ended. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Leo... Leo doesn't make – well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but, I mean, you can figure it out. So, Titanic, my number seven pick. We're moving on. We're almost at a halfway point with number six choice for you, Coach Dubay. Well, uh, you know, I'm the history guy, and uh, in a couple of days, it's going to be June 6, 1944, uh, anniversary. You look at Private Ryan from 1998. Uh, I still show that opening scene to my students, uh, you know, taking a look at, at Omaha Beach, um, Hanks, you met Damon. Uh, it is it is brutal. It is, you know, it, again, it's a, it's a film, it's a movie, but it, it really shows you the horrors of war. Uh, it shows you what the men who served during that time had to go through. And, uh, you know, what's crazy about this movie came out in 1998, and I'm a big Academy Awards guy. It should have won Best Picture. It did not win Best Picture. Really? Uh, it did not win. And so I, I think about it, Spielberg, you know, he, he can craft sci-fi masterpiece, but he also crafts these really good historical films. So for me, Saving Private Ryan, you know, it took me a while. Like I was only 10 years old when it came out. And I remember my folks like, hey, you can't really watch this one yet. You got to wait until you get older. That's one of those films that as a historian, you know, somebody that looks at accuracy in, in, in movies, you want to look at movies that are historically accurate, 
that's one I always go to. Um, and then obviously the story is about uh, saving Matt Damon's character uh, because you know his, his other brothers had passed away in the war and they're trying to uh, ensure that he can go home safely. So it, it really, again, it's one of those movies that, that uh, it's, it's tough to watch. And uh, it, you know, we have a lot of veterans, people that have done their service here. Uh, you know, they, they talk about their experience watching the film and just having a very difficult time uh, because of what was in it. So that one for me uh, is one of those history movies I got to include. Absolutely a great film. And that that opening scene, it's been it's been spoofed many times by many different things, including a video game, a video game that I probably shouldn't have been playing when I was a kid on the Nintendo 64, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, they spoofed that, that opening scene coming up on Omaha Beach. But again, I think a lot of things in entertainment that make you feel emotion whatever it is, whether it's sadness, whether it's, you know, being scared or excited, whether it's making you laugh, they have the biggest effect on you. Any type of entertainment, you know, movies, uh, music, TV shows, if they make you feel some sort of emotion, it sticks with you. And Saving Private Ryan, even though I didn't put that on my list, that was definitely one of those for me. Like I can remember watching that and, you know, the Omaha beach seems incredibly, you know, you're just like, how did these guys even fathom mm-hmm. when that gate dropped moving up the beach in that barrage of gunfire planes flying over and blowing things up? Like the guy next to you is taking a bullet as you're trying to go and you have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. Just, you know, a different, a different thing, man. There's there's a lot of brave, brave souls that got off that off those boats and stormed out of that beach, and and that is a perfect thing for a history teacher, in my opinion, to show um, to their students. Um, oh, I can't forget the the scene too, where they're in the vil- they're in the, the town, right, and they're all like hunkered down, and they see like the the glass shaking across the table. Uh, and here comes a tank down the road, and they got to try to blow up that tank. And I, and I think it sticks out the most for me, too, because that movie, we had just gotten um, surround sound in our mm-hmm. house. So you're watching that movie. That is a great test of your surround sound system with all the barrages of gunfire and tanks and, and whatnot. I think that's why it, it really sticks with me. So, Saving Private Ryan, Coach Dubay's number six. Number six, best movie. I'm going to go number six here with one. I wouldn't be surprised if you had this on your list as well, maybe a little bit higher. So far, we haven't had any any uh, right. m- movies that are the same, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have this one on your list. Uh, many, many big names uh, starred in this film. Duck, Bunny, Fud, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> and that, of course, is Space Jam. The Battle of the Toon Squad versus the Mon Stars in an epic basketball showdown. Oh, man. Dude, that was... Okay, so when that movie came out, 
I love your picks because everything you pick so far, you, you think about the soundtrack. And we, in elementary school, in my, the town I grew up in, we used to have a little, like, a roller skate rink. And every time, everybody get up is down. Like, dude, that was the song. Everybody got on the, on the roller skate rink. We'd be rolling around. And it, you knew it was Space Jam time. So, oh, man. And, uh, and that's the reason why Jordan came back to basketball. He drank the secret stuff and it made him great at basketball. <clears throat> I saw a thing the other day where you could order, a, it looked like a Gatorade bottle and it had a label on it that said Mike's secret stuff, which, <laughs> which if you haven't seen the movie, that's how Michael Jordan tricks all the Looney Tunes into thinking that they're great basketball players when really there's just water in it. And then of course, you know, you can't forget Bill Murray coming in out of, uh, out of nowhere to help save the day. He provides one assist. That's how, that's his stat line. He gets one <laughs> assist and uh, gets in for about 10 seconds, but uh, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and all the NBA greats. Uh, I watched a video the other day with these two comedians. They're, they're twin brothers. I can't remember their names right now, but they're talking about like they're doing a, a skit where they're like, you know, what do you think the conversation was like between Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley when uh, – when he Michael tried to get Charles Barkley to do Space Jam, <laughs> and they called him up. Hey, Charles, it's Mike. Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, I'm doing this movie about basketball. Uh, you want to be in it? Uh, I don't know, Mike. Uh, who else is in it? Uh, Patrick Ewing, Muggsy Bogues <laughs> starts listing Larry Bird. Right, starts listing all these legends basketball. All right, Mike, I'll do it. Click. Fair <laughs> enough. Charles Barkley's made a fool. He gets turned into a mini alien <laughs> that can't play basketball. Loses all of his skills. Loses all oh. of his basketball skills. So great, great film. Another another line dance jam, the, the Space Jam song, too. Oh yeah. <clears throat> all right. So we're we're at the halfway point. Your number five pick for the best movies of the 90s all right so for me this movie is timeless this movie uh special effects pioneers the way for cgi and it still holds up um i i i watch this movie and I, I nerd out i love every scene of it and i was a big dinosaur guy growing up so for me it's jurassic park at number five jurassic park your number five pick that is the first one, the first movie that we have in common. I have Jurassic Park further up the list. Uh, I'll make, I'll, I'll swap it out. I'll put another one in when we get to it. But great, again, Steven Spielberg in the '90s. Could he do any wrong? No, no. And you, and you watch. Okay, so the T Rex scene holds up against anything else. You watch that that T Rex scene with the kids in the jeep. Uh, and you still watch it today, and you go, this is 1993, it's almost 30 years ago, and it still looks like a legit T-Rex about to eat these kids, eats the lawyer off the, off the toilet, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of those things. And then there's so many classic moments in that, in that film. Uh, you know, how can you forget the raptors in the kitchen? That's just, it's, it's such a, when you're a kid, it's the, it's the craziest thing you've ever seen, you know? Oh yeah, you're you're watching it and you're like deathly afraid of velociraptors. Like, oh, good thing those things are extinct, man. <laughs> They're smart. They they're gonna figure out how to open the door and get in. And 
<laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's, I'll say this, sadly, it's one of those films that once again, past the original, the other ones just don't hold up. Oh, I, I agree. I, I've watched them all, you know, with that, you know, kind of that hope of, yeah, they're all going to be great. I did. I like the lost world. Yeah, I do too. Um, but that was probably because they, they got me because I wanted all the, like, cause I was of that age. I wanted all the uh, sweet, that sweet uh, RV thing that they had. Like I wanted all those play sets as a kid with the dinosaurs and the cars and all that. They got me on that stuff. No, but that, that movie, oh, it's, it's classic 90s, but like I said, you can still watch it. It doesn't look cheesy. It doesn't look outdated. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a one-of-a-kind film for setting trends. Absolutely. Can't go wrong with Jurassic Park. I got to figure out what I'm going to put in, in the place on my list for Jurassic Park so we can talk about something different. All right. My number five that we'll go with is one from one of my favorite actors. Uh, this gentleman not only has been a leading actor in many movies, but now he has uh, he produces a lot of movies now and has his own uh, production company. And that is Mr. Adam Sandler <laughs> and the sports classic of Happy Gilmore. Oh, now Happy Gilmore made my honorable mention list. So it was just outside the top 10. But uh, yeah, I mean, what you have hockey player turns golf pro, destroys golf and chaos ensues. But it's 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 incredible. Yeah, I mean, just the Adam Sandler's hilarious. You know all the all the different different things he goes through when he's trying to adjust to playing golf. He has he has a putter that looks like a hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and you know you can you can look at uh, just some of the quotes. I think it, honestly because you think about Sandler, right? Sandler has so many '90s films. You've got Waterboy, Wedding Singer, Big Daddy, uh, Billy Madison was his first. But I think Happy Gilmore out of that bunch gets the most laughs and I think it's the most rewatchable too. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it, this, the, the, the quotes of, you know, you know, talking about that Veronica Vaughn, right? Yeah. Chris Farley in there, um, back to school, back to school to show my dad, I'm not a fool. <laughs> and dude, he just, he made bank on those movies that he's just, he's got, Again, right? You said he's making you know stuff on Netflix. He's producing. Uh, I will say this: he came out with a film called Uncut Gems, which is a crazy movie that just came out right in December. That was really really good. Uh, he, he's a compulsive gambler in that movie, but it's really that's really uh, as far as acting goes, his acting's really good in it. I mean, I love everything that everything that he's in, um, and uh, just to me you can't go wrong with sandler and and then i love as he started to make his own movies you know like the the grown-ups movies that have come out and like you see the the in all of the movies that he produces right there's that same like group of actors that he has that are in there with him usually kevin james is around um 
and I could see their faces, but I can't remember all their names right now. But it's just it's fun. Like you could tell that he has fun in making the movies, and yeah. I think that's what comes across so well uh, to us watching. For sure. All right. So that is number five. We are officially at the halfway point. All right, we're moving in to the top four films of the 90s for us. So, Mr. Dubay, give me your number four pick. All right, so this one, I think you'll like this one because I'm, I'm going to move it in. Uh, it was honorable. I was thinking about it. I was like, ah, you know what? We talk about special effects. We talk about sci-fi. Uh, this one is, is much superior than the original. I love T2, Judgment Day, Terminator 2. Arnold as returns as the Terminator, but as the good Terminator to fight off against the T-1000. That movie, you know, you look at uh, the liquid nitrogen, you look at uh, just the, the liquid metal, you know, villain. You've got uh, John and Sarah Connor. You know, essentially, you've got this, this man who's gone back through time who originally was once a villain, uh, but now he's, he's a protector of John Connor. And, uh, you know, that movie is, is crazy. It's intense. But that one I like a lot more than the original. But I, that's a big debate. I don't know. I, but Arnold, I think that one, you know, that's, that's where, where his, his big movies were right then. 91 uh, for Terminator 2 might be my favorite out of his. It's uh, Terminator 2 is another one that I have on my list. That's the <laughs> second one that we've tied on, and you are 100% right. Uh, I love Arnold, right? uh, even though Arnold has, uh, you know, he hurt my feelings this year when we didn't have the Arnold Classic uh, Sports Festival, uh, which turns out in the end he was probably right to not, not hold the uh, Arnold Sports Festival seeing as we have not been in school for several months now because of the coronavirus. Um, but I, I love Arnold, the, the classic lines, right? I'll be back. Uh, hasta la vista, baby. Right? Come with me if you want to live. I, I say them all the time. Um, sometimes I'll change it. Come with me if you want to lift. <laughs> right, trying to get kids to come into the weight room. Um, and what I love about Terminator is is the story. And when I watched Terminator, I actually watched them. I started with the third uh, movie of Terminator, then went back to the beginning and then watched them all, including the, the – I haven't seen the most recent one. Uh, but yeah, the one when Arnold when Arnold comes back and he's he's older, like he 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 looks older, and he actually like winds up fighting young Arnold because it was another Terminator sent back in time. Yeah, just th those time travel movies when people start jumping in times, it, it's it's kind of hard to keep up with. But it, it's you can't you can't beat Arnold in the in the lines, and I'll just I, I tell kids all the time, you know, a kid will. You know, be you know, me in a, a cast or, or something, or or they'll they'll say something to me, and I'll be like, oh, I mean, really, I'm not actually a teacher. I'm a cybernetic organism sent back in time to kill John Connor. <laughs> 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 and of course, for the kids that we teach, it just goes right over their heads. But yeah. I, I get a good laugh out of it. Absolutely. 
So your number five, uh, number four pick was Terminator T2. All right, moving in to my number four. We'll see if we have any more ties here on the way up the ladder. My number four pick, I'm going back to Disney. Arguably one of the greatest Disney films of all time. A lot of life lessons in this one. Story of a young, young lion cub that goes through a very traumatic experience with the death of his father, which was crafted by his evil uncle in an effort to take over the throne. He goes into exile, meets up with a warthog and a meerkat, starts eating bugs, grows up and realizes that he must go back and face his past and reclaim his rightful place at the top of the throne as the king. And that is, of course, the story of Simba and the Lion King. Oh, yeah. That that film, uh, once again, another great soundtrack. Uh, kudos to you for finding the ones that have the best soundtracks. But, uh, yeah, I think the Lion King, 1994, again, that huge year of all the really good movies. You look at uh, the story. You look at its legacy. Uh, you look at, you know, some of the, the comedy with Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, just again, it, it has something for everybody, and uh, it's a redemption story. And uh, you know that that too is one of those first ones I saw in theaters back in the day. Yeah, I remember I saw that one in theaters too, and when I, I was you know young. I remember coming out of out of the theater just so fired up that Simba took his rightful place back at the top of the throne, and the entire. Savannah was saved. Everything the light touches, Simba. That is our territory. What's that dark spot over there? That is the elephant graveyard. You are never to go there. And think about how many times you've seen that image spoofed on the internet. Yes. <laughs> for, some, for some undesirable town that, uh, that you don't want to go to. What's that dark spot over there? That's Newburgh. You don't ever want to go there. Our arch rival, Newburgh Free Academy in high school. That's what we used to do. <laughs> so that is my number four pick. I mean, you think about the voice actors in that one too. A lot of a lot of great, great voice actors. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was like the kid of the '90s, uh, yeah. you know, starring alongside Michigan native uh, Tim Allen in Home Improvement, and he he was the young the young Simba. Uh, James Earl Jones. I mean, he's been a, he has an iconic voice. Um, and, uh, you can't, you can't beat it. You can't beat the Lion King. Kids, kids try to argue with me. You ever had this? Have kids tried to argue with you ever that Frozen is better than the Lion King? You know, it's not even worth an argument. I don't understand. Like I, I watch some of these, these newer movies because I try to see everything. I try to watch as many movies as I can. And I just, all the new stuff, Disney, Pixar, the new stuff doesn't hold up to what we grew up with. Not Same thing with music. <laughs> Agreed. We'll have to come back and do the, the best uh, hip-hop of the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> All right. Top three. Your number three pick. Okay. Big time. And this one just makes the cut because it came out in 1990. Uh, Martin Scorsese, arguably his best film. De Niro, Pesci. Uh, you've got 
Goodfellas. And Goodfellas, you look at it, you, you look at uh, you know, what organized crime was like. Uh, they, they have uh, you know, a, a situation where you're, you're seeing kind of an insight and kind of you know, family atmosphere, the, the family environment, but uh, you, know, you never want to cross the mob, you never want to cross uh, these guys. And it's, it's, a, it's an awesome film. It transcends like 30 years, I think is what it, uh, Henry Hill, who's, who's the new kid on the block. And I think it opens up, I always wanted to be a gangster. And that just, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the film. Um, and, you know, Goodfellas for me is the quintessential gangster film. And that one's my, my, my number three, because I think it, uh, it fits in nicely there. Yeah. I mean, all these gangster movies, Goodfellas, right, The Godfather, right, you know these thick Italian accents, like right, they're all just fun. Um, you you bring up you bring up Pesci, right? he was also uh, also one of my favorites that I didn't add to this list. My cousin Vinny. Oh yeah, right. tremendous. Like, uh, and that, the cool thing about Pesci is he could do comedy and he could be he could be serious bad dude in some of these movies and you, you know, you wouldn't mess with them. So no. Pesci, Pesci could do both. Yeah. And I mean, in this one that uh, was, you know, it was inspired by a true story of a guy that really, you know, Henry Hill really was a, uh, was in the mob and then turned into a witness for the state. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there and then led on to, you know, uh, many other things such as the Sopranos, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I got to make some, make some stuff around here. Cause I had, uh, we're getting up to where I had Terminator and uh, Jurassic park. So uh, I got to throw them in there. My, my order might be getting messed up a little bit here. Because uh, my, my top two, uh, they're, they're sequel movies and, and I could, I could use them interchangeably. So I'll just, We'll talk about them both together as one and one and two. So I'm going to throw in a number three, a film that I recently rewatched. And for some people, it is uh, maybe the part where uh, the Star Wars franchise started to take a drop. Uh, for me, I remember it well. And that is Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Hey. Uh, yeah, that one was, here's, here's my, here's my thing on, on the Phantom Menace. I was 11 years old. It came out on my birthday, May, May 23rd. It was a summer movie. I, I had like 15, 20 of my buddies. We all went to the movies to see it. So we were all stoked to see it. Uh, I think we all really appreciated it. I think some of the good aspects of the movie, you had Darth Maul, who was this, this character, this new villain. He had the, the dual lightsaber that was like, oh man, so you just... You watch that. You got young Anakin in the in the pod racing, but now the biggest thing, the biggest gripe I have is is Jar Jar. So it's like, I, Jar Jar just you know a lot of people say he ruined the franchise. Was not necessarily one of my favorites, but uh, I know. <laughs> Folks, I won't spoil Star Wars for you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen Star Wars, you need to watch it. I, I just recently went back and really paid attention and watched them all again. And without spoiling the movies, all I'm going to say is Jar Jar Binks ruins everything. <laughs> he is a complete cluster and ruins everything. 
Yeah, and I don't know what George Lucas is going with there. I know, so again, there's there's a story aspect. There's a marketing aspect. Hey, we got to sell toys. We got to do this. We got to do that. But the new character, it just it just fell flat. And uh, so, I, I mean, as a kid, when you watched it, you're right. It's it's right up there. You, you really enjoy it. But as I got older, I was like, ah, I don't know. I just watch it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You, you cringe a little bit. Jar yeah. Jar Binks ruining everything. But you're right with Darth Maul, though. I was Darth Maul for Halloween. I had that dual-wielding lightsaber, and I thought I was the coolest kid in the world uh, with that dual-wield lightsaber. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, the, the epic Jedi master of Qui-Gon Jinn teaching a young Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan takes on Anakin as his apprentice, even though Master Yoda said not to. <laughs> which may or may not turn badly. Again, I won't spoil the movies for those that haven't seen it, but Star Wars is great. Some people think it's where they went down. I liked all the prequels, um, episode one, two, and three. I liked all those. Um, once I got into the newer Star Wars movies, once Ray came into the picture, I'm giving it two thumbs down. <laughs> well. Yeah, it's it's different. I I still hold up with the classics. That's 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 my bread and butter when it comes to Star Wars. Um, the other ones they've got their moments, but they just they don't hold up to the originals. No. All the rule in the newer movies, all the rules of Star Wars went completely out the window. Like yeah, all of a sudden now they could put their hand on an injury and use the Force to heal someone. <clears throat> Why would nobody want to have done that to heal and bring back Qui-Gon Jinn? Right. You know, right. These things, these things don't make sense. And it, it, as a, as a fan and actually the fan base, you've got the new fans and the old fans. And if you, if you really read into it, they're, they don't, they don't particularly like each other because of the film. So it's, it's really, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of nerd battles out there. But again, I'm more of a, a purist in the classic Star Wars. That's I'm with you. I'm with you. Classic side. Those other movies just piss me off. Right? <laughs> and I can't, for the life of me, I cannot get through uh, Rogue One. Yeah, it's, it's a I different state. Yeah, it's I, a different. Every time. Yeah, I hate, the, I hate the solo movie that came out. The solo movie is really bad. I haven't even watched it. I haven't Don't even watch watched it. it. The, the, last, the last couple movies just left me with such a sour taste in my mouth. I, I just want to remember Luke, Leia, Obi-Wan, Chewbacca, you know, <laughs> the original Han Solo, Darth Vader. Right? I, that, I don't know. I don't want to do it. Now, the um, the Mandalorian was pretty good. Yes. Oh, Mandalorian. I liked it a lot because it kind of it has some of those old classic tones to it. Yeah. It, it, it fit in where I felt like in the newer Star Wars movies, and I know we're getting off on a tangent, but you know, Hey, people, people get this show for free. <laughs> Who cares? The newer movies just, they, they deviate from the rules. The story isn't as good where, you know, those earlier movies. And I think what happened is once George Lucas gave up the, the rights to the intellectual property of Star Wars and gave it to Disney and they started putting these out, like, that's why I think it went downhill because it was really his baby that, and he built those stories and he webbed those stories together that it all fit. And, you know, when we say Jar Jar Binks ruins everything guys, like, yeah, he ruins everything, but you don't find out how bad he ruins it until s several movies later. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So 
We're getting in to your number two pick. All right. So this movie, we this is it's a genre we really haven't talked about yet. I'm going to go with horror, scary stuff. Um, this movie both terrifies me still when I watch it, and it's also really, really good. Uh, it's one of only three movies to win Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. 1991, The Silence of the Lambs. And, oh, man. man, for that movie, I still, you get the EBGBs, man. And you've got uh, a situation where Clarice, she's a young FBI agent. She's trying to track down a serial killer. And in order to do that, she has to talk to another serial killer, Hannibal Lecter. And actually, this is something more recently, like a lot of people are big into true crime right now. All that stuff was a late 70s, uh, early 80s, the FBI, uh, in order to try to get, you know, trying to find these these you know, people who are committing all these evil crimes. This kind of centers around what they were doing for their, their research. But you watch it, and it's just two hours of, oh, man, you got, you got every scene between those two. I mean, you've got Buffalo Bill, and you've got certain scenes. It just, I, I can't, it's, it's a really good film. Um, but again, you know, it's tough to watch in the dark. Yeah, and that, that movie creeps me out. Yeah. The movie, the movie creeps me out. He puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> yeah. Creeps, creeps me out. It does, and it's it's one of those things that's it's tough to watch, but um, it's a psychological thriller. It's a horror film. There's a lot of really good psychological thrillers from the '90s, but that one stood out to me a little bit more than the other ones. But uh, yeah, that's my number two, for better or worse. Ooh. Hey, moving on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to the light side of things here. You you <laughs> you went into the darkness. All right. So uh, as I as I said, my top two, right? There there are two two pairings of movies uh, centered around um, you know the same central character, you know, uh, uh, the original and the sequel. And my number two is going to be the first two films of the Austin Powers franchise. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and Austin Powers. The spy who shagged me. I mean, you, you were awesome powers for Halloween. I was. I was awesome I, I powers knew, for Halloween. I knew it was coming. And, and th- this is a comedy that kids these days should take a look at because it really does an awesome job. You look at all the different characters that Mike Myers plays, Dr. Evil. You know, it's just, it's, it's really good. Uh, comedy and it holds up. I, I still laugh at all the jokes. I need to. I haven't watched them in a while, so I got to get back and watch those. I might. I might watch them again after this conversation about it. That's how much I loved it. But I mean, the first movie, right? Austin Powers, right? Just the <laughs> just the lines that he says, and you know, all all the jokes. Some of them, you know, very adult humor, of course. But, but <laughs> you just laugh, like Doctor Evil, you know. Oh, Dr. Evil, uh, we made you a clone. He's exactly like you in every way, except one-eighth your size. And he looks, Frau Farbissina, you're like, bring in the clone! Uh, that's just the stuff we can really talk about. I mean, can we go, go into the male anatomy jokes, right? Foster Powers with the book. Uh, honestly, it's not mine. <laughs> 
that sort of thing is not my bag, baby. A book written by Austin Powers. Uh, Nell Anatomy of Larchers and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, like we, we talked about the, the 90s comedies have so many quotes that we can go back and just, it, oh, you know, it's, it's cool to relive and kind of talk about them. But, uh, yeah, I think Mike Myers does an outstanding job with those two films and a lot of good belly laughs. My favorite scene in Austin Powers <laughs> is when they're getting into the lair and they've got like the little golf cart and they get stuck between the wall yeah. and it just that. And then the steamroller scene where the, <laughs> the steamroller is coming at a turtle pace and he's, he's screaming out loud. <laughs> move, move. <laughs> no, it runs him over. I did that to Maria, our custodian at Dexter High School. Uh, shout out to Maria. She was driving the hallway Zamboni, uh, and I stood there. I stood there in the middle of the hallway and held my hand up and replayed the whole scene. Like no, and she's just crawling along. <laughs> and Mister Dudash walked by and he's like, "Oh, I get it, Austin Powers. <laughs> That's funny." <laughs> Oh, Mini Me, the Doctor Evil rapping with Mini Me, uh, Fat Just, Bastard. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> you you can't beat it. Uh, anytime somebody brings up a laser, I'm doing air quotes like Doctor Evil would. <laughs> yes. Oh man. The third movie, the third movie, Austin Powers started to to fall off. Uh, even though I love Goldmember, it, it was it was funny, but. <laughs> all the jokes oh what about the end of the first one right the the guy comes at random task ex-korean wrestler and hired assassin random task show them what you do <laughs> he takes his shoe off throws him breaks a statue <laughs> he attacks austin powers throws the shoe hits him in the face austin looks at him and goes oh crikey that really hurt Honestly, you fight like a woman. What kind of man throws his shoe? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, that was that was one of those '90s movies that that we all can go back to. Judo chops. I still uh, my I won't see my sister for a while. Whenever I see her, all right, she'll come walking in. All right. Oh, hey, you're good to see her. I'll give her a hug and I'll stand back. Go judo chop, judo chop. <laughs> Uh, love, love Austin Powers, all, all the films, most notably the, the first two for sure. So, uh, you want me, you want to save your number one as the, uh, as the end here, I'll give my number one, then you can give sure. yours to, so yeah. that you, you get to, to end it right. Um, so my number one is the combination of the two Ace Ventura movies. We brought up Jim Carrey earlier, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. <laughs> you know, I, I like, okay, so here's the big debate. I love the first one because it's got Miami Dolphins, it's got Courtney Cox, it's got Dan Marino, uh, it's got Finkel as Ihorn. I mean, the, the, whole, the whole plot it just i i like the first one a lot uh the second one has one scene where i think anybody that watches it and i know what you're you know you watch that scene and i i still will laugh with tears in my eyes so 
Uh, both, again, you can still watch them. They hold up. I know that those are near and dear to you. Uh, but I will say that I like the first one slightly more than the second one. Yeah, I, I, I lean more towards when nature calls myself because, I mean, the first one was great, right, with all the lines, right? When, he, when he's trying to get information out of, uh, out of the cop, out of his buddy who's a cop. I can't remember his name right now. And he, he walks up and he's like, he's sitting down in the chair and he's like wiggling himself around. Uh, and then he bends over and starts talking from his rear, uh, moving his butt cheeks. Excuse me, let me ask you a few questions. <laughs> Do you have a mint? Maybe some banaka? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then Tone Loke, right, is the best. He's like, his eyes are like, you know, three times the size. Ace, I can't be talking. I can't let Einhorn see me talking to you or your ass. <laughs> 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 you know, Einhorn's Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn's a man. <laughs> and he starts like throwing up in his mouth because he kissed her. <laughs> uh, that movie has some classic one-liners. It's Jim Carrey. Again, the best thing about Jim Carrey is a physical comedian. Everything he does with his body, and that's 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 all of his movies in, the, in those early years. Really. Uh, exemplify how good of a physical comedian he is. Uh, he, he he was so great. Oh, oh, he goes in, sneak goes into the bathroom, sneaks around right this rich guy's house looking for the dolphin. Right, winds up having an interaction with the shark. <laughs> Comes walking out, all wet, clothes all torn, tore up. Looks at everybody in the crowd as he shuts the bathroom door and goes, "Do not go in there." Woo! And waves his hand. <laughs> Oh, uh, the set. The second one, just uh, they're in the they're in, in on the projector, right? And the guy stands up, you know, talking about we're gonna have civil war between these two rival tribes in Africa, and he's just standing there making like shadow puppets in the projection. All right, starts putting up the his hands and makes it look like a mask, like the Lone Ranger. Hi ho, Silva, away! <laughs> I uh, that's one I could quote for. Verbatim, uh, just uh, he he's up in the tree, you know. Animals, friends, quadrupeds, lend me your ears. Bends over, um, all the animals come running and they help save him. <laughs> uh, I, I love I love Ace Ventura. I could talk for a whole podcast about Ace Ventura. One of my favorite movies. I was him for Halloween too. I have a Halloween an Ace Ventura costume. I might break that out. Hopefully, it still fits. <laughs> but all right, your number one pick to wrap wrap up this top ten show with your number one pick of the best movie of the nineties. Okay, so we're finishing up with another movie from nineteen ninety four. Um, Morgan Freeman, Tim Robbins. Man is wrongfully accused, goes to prison, Shawshank Redemption. And I think, honestly, like you watch that movie, I could watch the movie a hundred times, and it's just, it's very uplifting. Uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, never say die, you know, spirit of saying, hey, like I'm an innocent man, and, and for him to be able to prove that. Uh, the, whole, the whole film is a, is a 
you know, really well done piece. It's actually, it was originally a Stephen King short story, um, but you watch it. And I think one of my favorite quotes and I use a lot uh, is from Morgan Freeman's character read in the film. He says, Hey, you know, you do, you're getting busy dying or you get busy living. And uh, that to me is, that's a big thing. And uh, it's, it's a sad movie. There's a lot of things that go on, but it's overall, it's, it's just, it's outstanding. So Shawshank Redemption for me, uh, that's another one that's on TV quite a bit. But um, that's my favorite, and uh, I think it's the best movie from the 1990s. Shawshank Redemption, uh, a great film. I agree with you. It, it was great. I remember we actually watched it in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was – I think it was English, an English class, uh, and we watched Shawshank Redemption uh, in school. And, and Anthony Dufresne, an innocent man, and – uh, I won't spoil it for those that haven't seen it, but like I did Ace Ventura, but, uh, <laughs> but it was a great film. Uh, you know, Morgan Freeman is great and everything. And, you know, we got that, that iconic voice as he, you know, kind of narrates the Anthony Dufresne story and winds up, uh, you know, getting, figuring out a way to get himself out of, out of prison. Uh, funny, funny story, right? Anthony Dufresne, the main character, uh, I actually played college football with a guy, and his name was Anthony Dufresne. Oh, wow. So, of course, his nickname was Shawshank. Oh. okay. <laughs> and for some reason, he didn't like it. You know, you're named after an iconic movie character. <laughs> Everybody gives you a nickname about that movie, and you don't like it. But we still called him Shawshank. But it was a, a great film. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you look at the 90s, there's so many things we could talk about. There's so many lists that we can make out of this, out of this era. Um, and I, I, I was looking through, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many comedies, so many like, little hidden gems from the 90s. Like one of my favorite movies just made it, didn't make the cut, Heavyweights. Oh, Love great. It. Love it. You know, you got Tony Perkis, you got Ben Stiller. Like, that movie is, is my is, – childhood and we, we my buddies and i will still talk about heavyweights so mm -hmm. there's so many things from the 90s that uh that i adore and i still enjoy talking about so to come on today and talk about it with you was, was a lot of fun absolutely i i enjoyed this as well and maybe we'll do some more of these you know again talking about music or tv shows and and things like that in in the future but before i let you go uh every guest that comes on the podcast gets to select a song uh, that we play at the end of each episode. We, we call it our weight room song of the week. It's a, everybody's favorite segment of the show. Um, it's a song that, you know, might fire you up, uh, get you excited uh, and motivate you. Um, so I'm going to give you a chance to pick a weight room song of the week. And then we'll put that on our iron dread weight room song of the week playlist on Spotify. Uh, where everybody can uh, listen to that song in its entirety and we play a short little snippet of it at the end of each episode. Excellent. So uh, a song that I like to, to pump me up and it's a good song to dance to at weddings. Um, I'm going to go with Hypnotized by the Notorious B.I.G. I'm not sure if anyone selected that song yet, but I think that's a good uh, outro song. <laughs> and Coach Dubay showing his love of hip-hop by selecting hypnotized by the notorious big that will be your weight room song of the week this week and it's a great 
spot to leave off because I think that's the next one we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do the best hip-hop of the 90s. 90, you could, we could go 90s. We could go 90s and early 2000s. Yep. You could do two episodes on each one. There's so much great stuff. So, Mr. Rob Dubay, I thank you very much for being on the show. Do you have any public slash professional social media handles that you want to share with our audience if anybody wants to follow you? Um, not, at the, not at the moment. I'm good for now, but uh, I appreciate the shout-out, and uh, thanks for having me aboard. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for being on. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Special thanks again to Coach Dubay for stopping in and having a great discussion. I really enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. A couple things. After we recorded this episode, I was thinking about this, and there were some movies that I left off that most definitely needed to be on my top ten list. There's, there's just too many great films to pick. And... Those being for me, so let's call this another honorable mentions section here. For yours truly, the films, the two, there was two of them. The Grumpy Old Men series. There was Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. A hilarious, a hilarious comedic duo. And most definitely worth checking out. We also have the Mighty Ducks franchise. If you've never seen Gordon Bombay and those District 5 Ducks and all their adventures, you have to check those three movies out as well. Coach Dubay also sent me a text message after we had finished and said that he left off a movie that has to be mentioned, The Great Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. Robin Williams was a huge, a huge comedic actor and comedian, stand-up comedian in the 90s and early 2000s. Sadly, he passed away a few years ago, but Robin Williams was a staple of entertainment in the 90s, and Mrs. Doubtfire was probably one of his greatest roles. So if you haven't seen any of those movies, please check them out ASAP. We're going to take a brief break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be back with coach dubay's pick for this week's weight room song of the week the notorious big's hypnotize the iron dread podcast is brought to you in part by crank it up dj service and line dance instruction available for all your dj and line dance needs please visit crank it up for booking information so crank it Again. 
Ah, uh, yeah, everybody's favorite part of the Iron Dread podcast. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week brought to you by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking and availability information. This one, chosen by our guest Rob Dubay, is the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S B-I-G, the Notorious B-I-G, and his smash hit, Hypnotize. Crank it up. Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's Dead right. right, if they head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been school since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who do something to us? Talk go through us. Girls want to us, wanna do us, screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pop. <laughs> Close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch. Yeah, I squeeze three at your cherry M3. Bang every MC Take easily. Take that. Easily. Uh-huh. Recently, Fronting ain't saying nothing, so I just. My peace, keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace, with my peace. Packing, asking who want it, they got it, flaunt it. That Brooklyn bull, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so fake. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken. You're so fake. There you have it, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, The Notorious B.I.G. and Hypnotize. You can find that song and every other song from our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week selections on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist available on Spotify. You can find a link in the show notes for the playlist on Spotify. Give it a follow and you'll get to hear in their entirety every song that we play here as part of our Weight Room Song of the Week segment. So folks, uh, that's about it for this week. Make sure, please, if you enjoy the show, you want to interact with the show, use the hashtag ID Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you're talking about. Tag me at Coach underscore Whitaker or Coach underscore Whitaker 66 or at Dread underscore SC. When you're talking about the show, want to hear your feedback, want to hear some things. Did you like this one? Did you not like this one? Let me know so we can start to tune these episodes to fit the majority of our listening audience. So until next time, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming Dread Stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker. We'll see you next week on the Iron Dread Podcast. I, I'm the hand of God.